Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Jump Around by House of Pain, and is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Willie Mickless. Willie was a flat-out stud, dude. He competed at Powerhouse Programs, Ballard Huxley, and Southeast Polk in Iowa. He was a four-time finalist, two-time state champ, and still has the record for most takedowns at Southeast Polk with 368. Southeast Polk has an incredibly rich wrestling tradition with many other D1 wrestlers across the country, so he has more takedowns than any of them. Uh, He then went on to excel at the University of Missouri before he came back to Iowa to finish his college career at Iowa State University. He ended up being a four-time All-American, placing at both 184 and 197 pounds. Currently, he's an assistant at Michigan State University. I had a lot of fun just sitting down and talking with Willie. Uh, Despite all the accolades, the guy is just as humble as they come and just a super great individual. So with that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy Willie Mickless. All right, so I'm sitting here with... Michigan State assistant coach Willie Miklas. Willie, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for taking some time to sit down. I know it's probably busy off-season training now, so I just appreciate you just taking some time to sit down, chat no for problem. a little bit. I love doing this sort of stuff, so it's yeah. kind of fun for me. Nice. So. Good. Um, what's on the agenda, I guess, for the off-season? You know, Michigan State had five qualifiers. Yeah. Um, um, you got a couple guys leaving, but across the team you you all were sophomores really a couple juniors yeah. i think but you know what's what's yeah. the offseason looking like um so it depends on the guy uh some guys were pulling off the map for a little while um just let you know bumps and bruises little nicks here and there uh heal up also like those guys are guys that really need time to like kind of reflect and and just take a step away and really relax mm-hmm. them um, because when they come back, they're going to come back really hard. Um, it's just how they are. Um, and then some guys are like, we had an open room today and, uh, I had, I, I, I had wrestled early and then at, at normal open room time. So I had two, two workouts my first day back, which is <laughs> not, not, not always your favorite thing to do, but yeah, it went okay. So yeah. nice. Did, um, what, what did, what did your off season normally look like? Is this how yours kind of typically look like? Did you take some time off before you go back yeah. in or? Yeah. Um, so they would give us two weeks and that's uh, pretty much what we're given. A lot of our guys, um, you know, we're not mandating anything this week. Yeah. We have open rooms. Um, and so we've got, we had like 15, 20 guys in there today. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we were a large chunk of our like returning squad that was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exciting. Um, we had a team meeting yesterday and uh, we just kind of covered a lot of things that we felt we did really well this past season. Mm-hmm. Some things we felt we can get better at. Um, we were going to have individual meetings coming up here. and, uh, and But next week we start in on lifting and wrestling and, and just kind of getting back into the groove of things. Yeah. How, how has it been uh, this is your second season mm-hmm. at Michigan State? You were an assi- you were a grad assistant. At Iowa State, what what's the difference between the two? Like, what what do you do now that maybe you didn't do as a grad assistant? Um, I get to recruit. I get to call oh, kids. Nice. I get to um, pitch myself and the university. Um, but no, it's it's a big step up in responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when I was a grad assistant, I could, I drove guys to tournaments one time. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to sit in corners, uh, just, just little different things. Yeah. I, they give me a company credit card now. <laughs> yeah. So it shows a lot of trust in me. I'm not sure I, I would give you one, but I've done okay with it so far. Yeah. Um, so after, um, also in between your senior year of high school and your freshman year of college, you went, you spent some time at the ROTC. Yeah. The, is that, the OTC. Yeah. The OTC. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, um, is that pretty typical of guys to do something? Like I mean, it depends on the guy. Uh, there's quite a few guys. I think Aaron Brooks is one. I know Kyle Snyder did it. I did it. Um, and I was out there with guys like Robbie Mathers, uh, Jesse Doyle, Earl Hall, mm-hmm. Dustin McCauley, Pat Downey was out there for oh, a while. Yeah. Uh, Dwight House. Like, I mean, there was a bunch of really good guys that I was out there with. What's um, What's the benefit of doing something like that as opposed to just going straight into college? Um, for me, the, the big thing is that I wanted to, when I was done with college, compete for world and Olympic titles. Um, by the time I got there, I'd promised so many doctors that I would stop competing that <laughs> kind of put a damper on it. But yeah, um, no, it just gave me an opportunity to be around. Like I met Jordan Burroughs when I was 18 mm-hmm. years old, 19 years old. Um, you know, and I'm like, I, I've always had a good relationship with, with guys like that. Uh, you know, guys that were on the world teams, Olympic teams. Um, I got to be around Kyle Dake. I got to be around David Taylor. Like I got mm-hmm. to be, I, it, going out there, gave me an opportunity like to just be around, you know, I had Brandon Slay as a coach oh, yeah. and Bill Zadig. I mean, yeah. how can you argue with mm-hmm. having those guys coach you for a year? Yeah. Um, but it, it just gave me an opportunity to, to really, um, you know, see the Olympic level, see how those guys trained um, and how serious they took it. You know, Turvel, who just got his medal a few weeks ago, he oh, was yes. out at those camps. Mm-hmm. Um, so any world and Olympic team camp, um, national team camp, they were all out there. So Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You just said Turvel guys um, medal at yeah. the Big, Big Ten. That was, pretty, that was pretty cool. I was yeah, there. Was and, yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool ceremony for him. And he's yeah, his first year, first year coaching at Nebraska too. So mm-hmm. it's kind of also pretty neat. Um, yeah. So as far as Michigan State, what, what, what's kind of getting? It seems like you have a good core now, you know, that has kind of lacked for a little while, but now it seems like you guys are starting to be on the up and up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, not to be hard on them, but it seems like Michigan State has kind of been the tail end of the big tens and almost kind of the punching bag, if you will. And it seems like this year was the start of something, or maybe last year even was the start of something where yeah. you're punching back. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, like I, that credit goes to like Chris Williams and Roger mm-hmm. Chandler, especially uh, big Raj. He, he does a really great job of bringing in the right people at the right times. Um, he, he he does a really good job of hiring assistant coaches and recruiting guys. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're really starting to trend upward. Um, we've got a lot of guys that are starting to have fun competing. Um, there, I, I talked about this in our team meeting yesterday there. I can't even count the number of times at duels our home duels where like, you know, we Lane Macheski pins Johnny mm-hmm. Poznanski. Oh yes. Or, um, mm-hmm. you know, Cam Caffey beats Max Dean mm-hmm. and I, I can't hear what's going on because I got 30 guys on my right side, um, <laughs> all screaming, pounding on the floor, you know, yeah. so going nuts, but no, they, 
we've got a really solid group of guys right now and and it's you can't put a price tag on it like the 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 squad we have yeah yeah you said that they're starting to have fun now people forget or people don't realize i guess like they get that kind of gets lost in it is having fun in the sport i Mm -hmm. feel because it's such hard work that sometimes you kind of lose the fun in it yeah did you ever find yourself that ever find you know you're starting to lose yeah I mean, there are definitely days and times, like periods of time where you're like, you forget like that it's, that it is fun. This is the most fun you have. Like mm-hmm. it's hard. Don't get me wrong. But like the, the moments I remember, you know, are, are the times where you're just like laying there after a workout and you just kind of look over at your body and you're like, Hey, should we quit? Like, I was was never being serious, but I was always just like cracking a joke. And and those are moments that I always remember, Mm -hmm. like they're just super fun. Um, uh, It's not always the most fun thing you're doing, but Mm -hmm. you definitely enjoy that process of, you know, going through something really, really crappy at the time. (laughs) I find that so relatable. Just, yes, I'm... (laughs) I've done that. I'm sure loads of wrestlers have probably done that. No, they're not serious, but for some reason that just, yeah. I, and that just takes me back to the picture of it's kind of circulated around. It was Peyton Rob and Ja'Cory T laying on the mat after the match. And they're just like, they reached over, slapped hands, you know, and, and and that was, you know, even if you're like Ja'Cory lost that match, but even if you're Ja'Cory's coach, you can't ask anything more out of him. You know, you, if I saw a guy, I had, you know, he loses every match, but he wrestles like that the whole time. And after every match, he's just spent, he left everything out there. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my favorite guys I ever got to coach, regardless yeah. of winning or losing. Um, just the effort that they, those two put in, um, you know, that's, that's why you do it. That's what you want. That's what you should encourage. So, no, that, mm-hmm. that was, that is an awesome, um, analogy a great freaking video yeah yeah what and also i feel and i've said this i i kind of reflected the ncw wrestling tournament i feel is the hardest the toughest tournament that i can think of in sports at least it may be at the collegiate level maybe even in professional i mean yeah. what kind of grind is that for three days i mean you're wrestling maybe eight matches nine matches you know yeah against the best it's a lot um i mean the best example i can come up with is miles mean he's an olympic bronze medalist never won that tournament um but no that 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 tournament's just hard it's hard because you know you're on espn you know you're on tv uh the arena's big crowd's loud um do you think about that being on espn does that like does that kind I mean, of on you sometimes where you're like, wow. some guys, some guys do. I, mm-hmm. I never really did. I was always like, dude, look at, I was like, look how big the mats are. And I was like, it's just so cool to be here. I'm so excited. Like, I was like, look, I get this credential and they like, <laughs> they like x-ray my bag when I go in the arena. Like I, I always really? just thought it was like, yeah, it's like, and if you've ever gotten to be on one of the NCAA mats, like mm-hmm. I always thought it was like a sticker, like an NCAA sticker they put on mats. Like, no, it's, part of the mat and i was just i was like man these mats are squishy and big and fun i can't wait like i was always super excited to go out and wrestle and i was like i'm just gonna pin this dude like who cares Mm -hmm. um but i was always in a really good headspace like 
super relaxed um going into national i was like you know you know what's at stake and you know what you want like i was willing to break my own arm to score points but Mm -hmm. yeah no i was always super excited to be there and just grateful that you know i made it back i had another opportunity to wrestle at nationals yeah yeah four time four time all american Mm -hmm. i mean it's hard it's hard two different weight classes um Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what was that like to go from 184 to 197? What what caused the jump? Was there anything that really caused you to go up in weight? Or uh, So there was one person that caused me to go down in weight. It was uh, Jaden Cox. Um, oh, right. You know. Yes. Yeah, Missouri. Of course. Of course. So uh, my freshman year, I was we were wrestling really close matches. You know, Jaden was winning them, but they were close. They were one, two-point matches. Um and it was what Jaden wants, you know, he wanted me to be pushing him and, and I, I was doing a really good job of staying with him um, and trying to catch him, run him down, you know. Um, but I tore my shoulder up at Midlands my freshman year um, and they came to me, you know, he went, he goes out and gets third at Scuffle and he started winning every match after that. And he, they mm-hmm. go, hey, uh, I don't know what you're thinking about next year. And I was like, you guys are going to make me go down, aren't you? So I, and I still wasn't even out of the sling. And they were like, uh, yeah, you should probably go down to 84 if you think you want to get in the lineup. And I was like, yeah, I figured. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he ended up winning nationals. And it was kind of like, well, that's Jaden's spot now. Yeah, yeah. Hard to challenge uh, a reigning champ for his spot. So, yeah. That's one thing I noticed, um, speaking of weight classes. So you started your high school career at 119. Mm-hmm. And then you got up to 220. Yep. And then you went down to 84. Yep. And then finished at 97. What how how'd you deal with that fluctuation? I mean that um when I was a freshman in high school, I just hadn't hit puberty. <laughs> yeah. Honest answer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I was 45 and I looked a lot better, not cutting so much weight. I cut mm-hmm. a little too much to get down to 19. Yeah. Um looked pretty good at 45 and then mm-hmm. up at 71 i wasn't cutting any sort of weight i weighed my last day at state i could be 175 and i weighed 169 yeah i just yeah you got just, a pound a pound a day yeah and, well and they give you that two pounds after christmas. oh right two pounds after christmas so yeah so it bumped me at 73 and then pound a day was 75 mm-hmm. and um and then yeah my senior year um before season i was like 218 and i was like I'm not even cutting down to 95. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and Ross Larson had talked and I was like, dude, I, I don't want to cut down to 95. And he goes, well, I'll do it. But if he, had, <laughs> if he had said he wanted to go to 20, I'd have been down at 95. I just yeah. didn't want to. Um, so yeah, I wrestled 220 my senior year. Um, weighing in normally like 214 to 202, somewhere in there. My weight would even just fluctuate in there um, depending on how hard I was working that week. And, so yeah and that was the first year they moved the weights around mm-hmm. so what was that being the first class to deal with the weight difference or the you know the new added weights what did that do like for you guys as a high school program honestly i thought it helped us it did um i thought it yeah because it kind of like shifted weights and like mm-hmm. added a big one a big weight um and I, I thought it helped us more um you know, we had a lot of really talented big guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, Alex Meyer, me, Casey Marnin, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Fisher ended up being a state champ. Um, but he was third that year at, at heavyweight and really undersized. And, uh, you yeah, know, we, we, we had a really good group of guys, um, that wrestled really hard. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that weight shift actually benefited yeah. us more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, now keep going back, I guess, further in high school, you started out at Ballard mm-hmm. and your freshman squad. I, I noticed this scored 220 points. <laughs> We had uh, nine place winners. Yeah, nine. Yeah, you had nine finalists, five mm-hmm. champs, four runners, runner ups. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a, it was just a bomber show at state. Yeah, yeah it they was a the bomber show at state for <laughs> sure. We, uh, no, we had nine sitting in the semis, um, and I, I pinned Chris Paulus, um, who, who was ranked second at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in overtime, and that was a big deal. Um, you know, Bauer wins, and you know, and it just the domino effect just started. Is that like how real is that? Because I feel like some people don't realize how. I mean, watching one guy win and another guy, another guy, how real is that domino effect where you just kind of piggyback off each other? Because it's still an individual sport, you know. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you see all those guys going out wearing the exact same singlet you're about to wear. And they're all just smashing everybody. And you're like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm going to smash whoever I have. Like, look at, look, you know, look at what I'm wearing. I'm wearing the same colors. Like, yeah, whoever I got better be afraid. <laughs> um, but no, it just, everybody wrestled well. Um, it was super fun. We walked into state finals weigh-ins the next morning. Everybody checked weight. We left. And everybody else has to stay or whatever. Right. Got people wrestling placing matches. And we just left. We went to go get breakfast. Like, <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, Village Inn. On, uh, okay. On, in Ankeny. Yeah. And it's not even there anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, geez, 220 points. I think, though, has Wave, did Waverly eclipse that? I thought at some point. Yeah, Waverly, Waverly is above us. Waverly still has the ultimate, ultimate point record. Yeah. So we, those guys are, I mean, that their team that year was insane. I remember watching that. I was an eighth grader sitting in the stand. Yeah. And they just couldn't stop winning. They had everybody coming back, getting third and winning in the finals. Yeah, it was it was amazing watching that team effort. Did you realize how close you were that that year to no idea. possibly catching them? No, he didn't worry word. Hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. I was just worried about myself, honestly. Yeah. And I, I trusted everybody else to take care of their job. I just had to do mine yeah and you you did i i just was you know looking at this team you know with bauer there's you tyler grask tanner weatherman tanner hyatt trent weatherman tj hyatt brock weatherman and chris shot is that how you pronounce it yeah shout shout yeah chris shout amazing it was amazing it was a really fun team to be a part of we did a lot of winning that year yeah we were in fourth in the country Oh, you got up that high. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It was a scary good team. Yeah. And we played a lot of dodgeball. Oh, really? Is that, was that the secret or something? Was that... Yeah. <laughs> you still keep in touch with some of those guys? Yeah. Every once in a while I do. Um, well, they're good dudes. I yeah. Know. Yeah. So I play uh Fortnite with our oh, former do? 103 pounder. Yeah. Easton Bridgewater, Speedy. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I talk to some of them every once in a while whenever I get a chance. I talk to Ross. I talk, you know, whoever I can. Yeah. Um, and then, so then your junior year, you, you transferred to Southeast Polk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was behind that transfer? Um, I transferred my junior year of high school too. So right before my junior year, I transferred from Monona to Monticello and I wrestled two years in Monticello. So like I get, you know, kind of transferring no, um, and maybe trying to fit in somewhere else. No, and I, I had a really good team at Ballard, um, <laughs> but I, I felt, you know, I really wanted Jason to coach me. I wanted yeah. Coach C to coach me. Um, I, I wanted Justin around. I wanted to, you know, I liked the guys that they had there and, and mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was just a good move for me for my wrestling. Um, you know, I talked about it with my dad and we decided it was what we were going to do. And so we uh, transferred. I actually, we had an apartment in Altoona um, and I was staying there during the week on my own some nights. And sometimes my dad would stay there with me, but you'd be by yourself. Probably like, Four nights a week, I was staying on my own as a 17-year-old kid. Really? Yeah. Um, forced what? a lot of maturity. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, waking up really early to go to practice. Yeah. Um, we would, you know, during season, I, I was telling my guys this story the other day, but uh, during season, I had to sit out the first 90 days. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was just wrestling and training and doing all this stuff for the first semester. Um and so I was waking up. I had a standing appointment at like 6 a.m. every day to to go in and wrestle Jessman. And it was mm-hmm. terrible. Like we had our own dual tournament, the Red Owens tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roosevelt was sitting there watching. And Jessman beat me with myself up and down three maps. I just, I mean, and these kids are just sitting there laughing at me, watching me. <laughs> like, and I can't, I mean, I can't take him down. Right. I can't get away. <laughs> and uh, he, Jessman's just laughing. He's like, hold me down, cover yeah. my mouth. And he's, mm-hmm. he's like, all these kids are laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> so the man bear pig just sort of beat me up there for a while. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, did you ever get? Did you ever get back at him? No, no I've never really wanted to. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. You know, somebody beats you up enough, you just stop trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he. Uh, but he. I, every day, every day, I was in there at six wrestling. So I was up at five. You know, so I was made sure I was like mentally and physically awake and have breakfast or whatever. And wow, one day I woke up at like seven. Oh, alarms going off yeah it was craziness yeah. i like showed up dressed in sweats like i look terrible I'm yeah like, i'm sorry <laughs> Jasmine laughed and christensen goes and maybe it's time for us to talk about you taking one morning off a week yeah he's like i think you're still growing and you kind of need to sleep and i wore size yeah. 13 shoes and my hands are the same size they are now like just mm-hmm. massive I looked ridiculous running around. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that, that, that must have, yeah, like you said, forced a lot of maturity on you. And mm-hmm. it also was kind of nice that, you know, Jason Christensen, your coach, took a step back. And that's, I feel like that's difficult to know when to take a step back. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so important at times, you know. I mean, he saw it coming. He, he could tell. He's like, you know, Willie's going to run himself into the ground here soon. Like, he, you know, it wasn't 
Justin wasn't going to try to hurt me. Justin right. would try to embarrass me, and that was different. But yeah, he never was going to try to hurt me. Um, but no, he, he saw it coming. He could see me getting tired. Um, you know, the, my coaches could see that in college sometimes too, and mm-hmm. so they would kick me out of the room for a few days at a time. And um, but you yeah, know, I was I was always a kid that they had to like pull back on. Yeah, even even my senior year, there was a couple of days where Christensen would kick me out and be like, I don't want to see you today. Dang. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to see you. Don't make me say it any slower. Like, yeah. And I wasn't the best student, so I guess that makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> no, he, he'd kick me out when he could tell I was getting tired because he knew he had to pull me back. Yeah. Um, that's probably a good feature because now you probably can instill that and see that in your guys too, huh? Because like yeah. you said, it's – you probably as a coach, you got to pull wrestlers out of the room. That's one thing about them. Like they will go until they can't go anymore. But sometimes as a coach, you got to be able to scale it back. Like you're saying. And then there's, I mean, there's some guys that they kind of self-regulate themselves mm-hmm. a little too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you got to kind of kick them in the butt some, but uh, yeah. yeah, most of our guys, like that's what I'm saying. Some of our guys, I kind of want to keep them out of the room. Mm-hmm. And we talked as a staff, we're like, you know, yeah, these guys need to be out. This one in particular, or, or that one in particular, and um, you know, you can just kind of tell when somebody's um, overworking or underworking. So, but it's a it's a fine it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. I think Roger does a pretty good job of that of understanding and reading reading guys. Um, but no, we so we we really work on that. Yeah. Um, did you notice a big difference between two A and three A competition? Yeah. 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 There was, um, it was just thicker, it was just thicker in three A. I mean, you still had like, you had the guys in the title hunt. Um, but when I jumped to three A, um, like Levi Peters, mm-hmm. who was a state champ the year before was in my weight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I ended up pulling it out, winning it. Travis Mallow's in that weight and he majored Levi like two or three times that year. And he majored me at CIML in my home gym like three weeks before state mm-hmm. so um no I I thought it was just a little bit thicker at, mm-hmm. at, in some ways yeah it, your junior year so I I guess I did notice that that makes sense because your record was only like you only wrestled like 17-ish matches uh, you know somewhere yeah. in that area and so it just yeah. dawned on me yeah you must have that's probably because you had to sit out for did that affect yeah. your season at all like trying going from sitting out and then into competition. Uh, made me a lot hungrier. Yep. A lot meaner, a lot more ornery. Really? Lot, yeah. A lot nastier in different ways. Um, just more hungry and vicious. Uh, yeah. On the mat, for sure. Um, what about the singlets? I noticed Southeast Polk just seems to have, um, let's see the word, plethora of singlets. You won it your junior year in a black singlet. Yep. I think it said Rams. I think they still, you know, they still wear those. But your senior year, you won it in a yellow yeah, singlet on the front. Yeah, the gold of the Ram on the front. I, th- have, I think they've had plaid singlets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bad and plaid. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do they just have like all sorts of just singlets? Like what's what? When do you wear the singlets? How do they go about choosing that? Um, like, so my junior year, we only had the one. We only had the black singlet. And that really? was just traditional. It was modeled after the Hawkeye singlet. Um, mm-hmm. The gold one was modeled after a Missouri singlet because I was going to Mizzou um, and we got 
they're single, it's because of that reason. Really? Um, we still had the, the black ones because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't break tradition. And Alex and Corey were going to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had another one. I think it was modeled after an Iowa State single, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, but we had we had gotten three at that time. Um, and then, you know, they, uh, after I left, they started getting the bad and plaid ones. Mm-hmm. Um, now they have, you know, all kinds of them. There's right. so many. Um, Nike's really growing that way and, and yeah. doing a really good job of supplying high schools or giving them options. And um, so, yeah, no, they, they've, they've got a whole bunch of singlets. I don't know why or when they wear whatever they wear, but yeah. I think Justin's got a lot to do with it. Really? Which one's your yeah. favorite? Uh, uh, it's hard to beat that traditional one. Um, right. Cause I grew up watching the Southeast Pope singlet and I always kind of mm-hmm. wanted to wrestle for coach D. Um, yeah. I was just kind of knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to be down, down South. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I kind of, I, I was leaning towards wrestling for coach C as a kid. Yeah. I was really liked coach C. How far, how far away was, was Huxley from, or you know, from. So we grew up, we grew up Southeast South. Pope like in Indianola is where okay. we grew up. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be there mm-hmm. um, from a very young age. I knew I didn't want to go to high school there um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I um, like 30 minute drive. Um, but my, my, so the first time I met coach C um, and I mean, he probably, he, he has to remember this, but <laughs> he, um, we went up to a freestyle practice and it was at the, over at the old high school and um me and tim were third and fourth grade or third and second grade you know whatever it was mm-hmm. and he spent the entire hour and a half working with tim and i and he would turn and, and tell his high school kids what to do and then he would let them do it but he spent the entire hour and a half working with two little kids that never wrestled freestyle damn yeah. life. And with our dad, who knew a little bit about it, um, but didn't know that much. That's why he was taking us up there. Um, my dad was really, really smart and really paid attention to who was good as a coach. And, um, yeah, he, he knew Coach C was too valuable to to not get us around him. Yeah. So you were wrestling freestyle at that age? Yeah. Wow. We like, started yeah. wrestling all summer long. Um from a young age so yeah we we i think when i was like fourth grade was when Mm -hmm. i was like i really want to wrestle yeah all summer um third grade we kind of started doing some freestyle stuff but going into fourth grade that was when i was like i really want to wrestle so we were doing sports i never stopped doing like baseball Mm -hmm. but i was doing baseball and wrestling football and soccer and i mean we played all kinds of stuff yeah were you any good at the other sports yeah yeah, I was I was kind of athletic as a kid. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell it by watching me now, but <laughs> I was pretty athletic. So, and what position yeah. did you play? Pitcher, catcher. Yeah, I, I wanted to be. I was always a guy that was like you know in a high stress situation. Like I want to be at bat. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have control. I wanted to be pitching or I yeah. wanted to be catching. Like I wanted to be running things. I didn't want to be like just out in the outfield. Yeah, um, it didn't interest me. You would like when we were playing soccer. I was always trying it. I, I wanted the ball more than anybody. <laughs> like to the point where I was willing to steal it from teammates in order to get it. Right? <laughs> um, I was a terrible teammate. <laughs> uh, 
no, it was, yeah, football, I was quarterback, running back. Um, but my footwork, we drilled, we drilled footwork over and over and over again, ladder drills, stuff like that, box mm-hmm. jumps. Um, my dad was very tedious, made sure that we were constantly doing workouts, working on hand, hand-eye coordination, foot speed, foot coordination, like both of them together. And so, yeah, just, it was a lot of, I always wanted to be in control though. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read or listened to an interview and would you say that it was either be doing that or taking a nap? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you weren't going to, and you weren't tired. Yeah. So was, <laughs> you, you either work out or take a nap and I just wasn't tired. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the general rule of thumb. And uh, my youngest brother, Sean, like, I'll never forget one day my dad was like, well, you either do this or you go take a nap. And he started heading towards the house. My dad goes, yeah, he's like seven. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for my Superman pillow. Like, I'm going inside. <laughs> did he Did he let him go inside and take a nap? Yeah, my dad was beside himself laughing. He couldn't stop. Like, what are you going to say to him? He's made a decision. Yeah, he, you often need it. Take a nap. Like it's like, yeah. He, he just is like, all right, yeah. I see the easier of the two options. I'm out. <laughs> Dang. Uh, did you ever? Did you? You or Tim ever? You never chose that. No, we got kicked no? out of workouts. Well, I did for sure. Yeah. Tim. Tim laughs about it to this day. You know, we'd be out. I was always the first one to get yelled at, and so we'd be out like helping with whatever, and I would mm-hmm. grab a wrong tool. And sometimes on purpose, but he would freak out, yell at me, kick me out or whatever. And Tim's like, oh yeah, gee, isn't this fun? Now dad's angry and I got to help him. <laughs> you would, so you would purposely piss off your dad. There's times. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely times. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I've done that too. I purposely push his buttons. <laughs> yeah. it was much um, more of a yin and yang sort of thing like mm-hmm. right right where yin would yell at yang so much <laughs> <laughs> um you right. said I, I remember you said ballard ranked fourth your 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 freshman year mm-hmm. southeast polk ranked 13th your senior year what like you were on some pretty yeah. pretty damn yeah. good teams yeah it was um you know, and a lot of that credit goes to the guys we had. Mm-hmm. Um, my junior year, going into my senior year, was like uh, that. That that was the first like group of like like really like best friends almost. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had a lot of really good friends. A lot yeah. of people I, I loved absolutely from down in you know Martinsdale, St. Mary's area, Pro Iowa. Um, you know, guys that I grew up with. Um, swim walkers uh you know grew up wrestling ross larson every, all the time i was mm-hmm. always around the weatherman's hyatt stuff like that um and you know so many other people i can't even count clark hathaway you know kofi um but going into my senior year with those guys was like my first like set of like best friends you know people that i just couldn't get enough of um, but we would, we'd stay after practice, you know, I'd show up seven, eight o'clock at night and my dad'd be like, what were you doing? Uh, is that practice? Like, what do you mean you were practice? Practice ended two hours ago. I was like, well, I mean, 
you know, we stayed around talking or like mm-hmm. doing extra stuff or, or laughing in the locker room or, you know, stopping at McDonald's or yeah. whatever it was. Like we would just, we were like, so what, what freestyle tournament are we going to go to this weekend? And we'd load up and go, um, you know, whatever it took to get us there. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad would let us use the suburban and we could drive whoever we went down to Fort Madison and mm, yep. Jeff Evans, Jeff Evans drove us down there and Christensen was down there, but Christensen refused to sit in our corner. Cause we, mm-hmm. we went into the team, dirty Mike and the boys. The <laughs> <laughs> dirty Mike and the boys who was dirty yeah. Mike. <laughs> Casey morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, afraid, afraid to ask why he was dirty Mike. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just, I mean, he, I had this great group of guys that was willing to go, you know, we, when I talk about some of the stupid stuff we did, like we, we should have died in high school. Like we yeah. legitimately should have died doing stupid yeah. things. Yep. Um, we would on the highway going 70, climb out and climb on top of the car and try yeah. to climb in the other window. Yeah. And you're going 70, 75 and, like now I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> yeah. anything, one of us would try it and then all the rest of us had to try it. And yeah, it was not good. We should yeah. have died for sure. <laughs> Who normally drove? Did, was that Colin? Colin? Yeah, he was always the driver. He was, Colin never broke any rules or tried not to. We really? forced yeah. it out of him. Mm-hmm. Where we would just break rules near him and get yeah. in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't drive because you like to be in control. So I was a little, a little surprised. Yeah, but also I like I like the thrill of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know. I mean, we just always were doing stupid stuff, whether it was yeah. going to football games or going to freestyle tournaments or staying late at practice or, you know, going to closing down Adventureland, whatever it was. Like we just all did it together. You went and closed down Adventureland? Yeah, we'd go over to Adventureland. You know, we had season yeah. passes. We'd just run over there, um, or we'd all get tickets and go before practice and then after practice. And, uh, you know, whatever it was, uh, we were just always together, all of us. So, must have made it. that. Yeah, must have made that pretty special for you. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, when I moved out, I remember like when I moved out to Colorado, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Those. Like that first chunk of summer where all my friends are back home and I, I missed them like crazy. Mm-hmm. I still do. Yeah. There's still days where I just, you know, miss my friends, but yeah, I can always call or FaceTime or whatever now and text them. Right. So, um, yeah. And that, that year you pinned your way through the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I watched the match the other day of you. Um, first off, you had a Mohawk. Yeah, I did. Was, that, <laughs> uh, was that a team thing or was that just a willy willy thing no we did so we we all like grew our hair out really long mm-hmm. we talked about it way beforehand so we we're gonna grow our hair out do stupid haircuts for season and <laughs> i did the mohawk and tim i think did a checkerboard and he looked like a cancer patient. He looked terrible. Oh, really? He just, I mean, he had patches of hair. Yeah. He just looked terrible. Yeah. Um, and Alex went with the mullet. And I forget oh, yeah. what all everybody did. But, yeah, some, some one kid left just, like, the front patch of hair. <laughs> you know, all the rest of the shade. But, yeah. Yeah, so, no, we had a, we had a fun time doing that. But Yeah, and in but, your, um, that year, your finals match, you, you tried, you splatled the kid. You tried mm-hmm. the first time, 
and didn't quite get it. Yeah, we were too close to the edge. And yeah. It just, I was trying to finesse it and mess it up, but yeah, I got it the second one. <laughs> was that your goal? Was like to splay to him or did it just kind of happen? Tim like splayed on somebody and he was like, well, I can do that. You can't. Like, <laughs> All right. So I started doing it too. And yeah. Uh, they would, I, I, they'd bump me to heavyweight for some duels and I'd split all heavyweights. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was really fun. Alex yeah. and I had, we had over 350 takedowns a piece. Um, you know, we had, we just, we'd go out and take kids down, cut them, take them down, cut them, mm-hmm. averaging 13, 14 takedowns a match. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to bring that up. You actually, you know, you hold, you still hold to this day. A- you know, as of when I checked the website, the single season takedown record. Dude, I thought Nelson broke it. Well, for Southeast Polk. Oh, for, yeah. For my high school. I did. Yep. For your high school, 368. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It was good. It yeah. Was a, it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Nelson had like 400 some yeah. the other year. Nelson smashed me. Yeah. Really? Well, being up that high, I, I just caught a lot of forfeits and things. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, Nelson, he crushed it. Yeah. I mean, it, do you ever think about that? Like, because you, Southeast Polk has such a storied program that you still have, you have a record. I mean, I mean Alex is not far behind me. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I never really like contemplated like, any of it yeah i mean of all the greats to come through like you just said alex meyer gabe christians yeah. and um yeah. you know Corey clark obviously yeah many more Corey didn't really get into that competition that year it was kind of a me and alex thing oh but, yeah and then we had other guys that started trying to like do the same thing run people out of gas and um yeah no it was it was really fun we had a we had a really like we had so many takedowns as a team that year just mm-hmm. from like everybody, everybody like kind of, all right. Yeah. I, they'd watch us just go freaking run someone into the ground. And, um, but no, I, I don't, I don't ever really think about that to be yeah. honest. Like, yeah, but it, one day I'll probably sit down and think about it. And I'll be <laughs> old and gray by then. Yeah. Um, it was also cool. Um, your junior year when you won state, I watched the video and you're, you're wrestling. And then on the two way mat, Tanner Weatherman's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was yeah. kind of kind of cool that you guys were both winning state titles at the same time, former teammates yeah. and friends, obviously. Yeah. So I was stoked for Tanner. Tanner's, yeah. Tanner was insane. Tanner mm-hmm. was so good in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember he like when we were in practice together, it just it wasn't even fair. I remember one day they uh one of our head coach pulled it, pulled me aside and he goes, Coach Spoon, and he goes, uh, hey, what are you ranked? I was like, first. Hey, why? He goes, well, that dude shouldn't embarrass you like that in practice. Like, he's like, I don't care what you know he's ranked or who you think he is. He's like, he shouldn't beat you like that in here. And I was like, I don't know, man. He's pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, it was a definitely a cool thing. I've seen the, the replay of that once, and mm-hmm. and that was really neat to to see Tanner winning his third title down there. In, in such typical Tanner fashion, just so dominant and yeah. smooth and slick, and you know everything's precise and on point. And yeah, no, that he was really something to watch. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
he's still really good. Yeah. You, so he was, he was around a 12 guy in college. Like he was mm-hmm. knocking on the door being an all American. Yeah. You know, I don't know what would have pushed him over the edge, but yeah, it almost feels like a crime to see him or to not see him on that podium. Yeah. And that brings up a point that I was going to ask you about. So out of all the guys that you wrestled with that we listed, you know, like that Ballard team, the Southeast Polk team, you came out a four-time All-American, something mm-hmm. none of the other guys did. I don't – Well, Clark did. Clark, yes, yeah, Clark was. But, like, you know, Trent Weatherman, Tanner Weatherman, you know, Alex Meyer, like those guys were were so good and knocking on the door. But here you were. What, what kind of distinguishes, um, like, from high school to college that, you know, because people thought, you know, Weatherman's going to be tough. And yeah. unfortunately, and, just, and he was. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's a really talented guy, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of people forget. Like that tournament's so hard, and that season's so hard, and just long and grueling. Like, you need a lot, a lot of luck that goes through it. Um, you know, you need to get calls going your way. You need to stay healthy for the most part. Um, but like, you know, Alex showed up, and um, Mike Evans is there, and doesn't break through the lineup right away because of Mike Evans. Um, and I thought for sure, like I wrestled Alex that year and I was like, I don't see how anybody would stop him from getting on the podium. You know, I, I, Alex being a one-time All-American always baffles me because like even his senior, he, he lost to Crutchler, um, who mm-hmm. was like a, a, a top three guy twice or whatever. You yeah. Know? Um, Alex was insanely good, but just bracket didn't crumble the way he wanted it to a little bit. Um, you know, Trent Weatherman got hurt and couldn't like he was he was he was so good in high school too. Yeah, yeah. He, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Tanner Hyatt just kept getting hurt. Another kid who's just phenomenal, tough, gritty, you know, gonna try to beat you to death. Like Tanner was gonna try to kill you. Um, and I experienced that a lot where Tanner's just trying to kill me. <laughs> um, Tanner Weatherman, you know, just always knocking on the door and I, I always thought he'd get it done. Ross Larson, I, yeah. I thought for sure could make the podium. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that I grew up wrestling with were really awesome guys and, and could have on any different weekend made the podium, you know, and, and that's what people forget is that mm-hmm. that, that just that one weekend determines an entire season almost seems criminal. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I didn't always have the best season. I wasn't even seated as a freshman. I was seated 14th as a sophomore. Like, didn't have a great season. Mm-hmm. But I, I ended up being an All-American. But, yeah. I mean, if you look at the whole season up till that point, like, you know, you're not so impressed. I mean, you had, like, 35 losses in college, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I won, like, 105 matches or something like that. Mm-hmm. and had had 35 losses whatever that win percentage is it's not great it's like a yeah season. and that's why you know what i said earlier it's such a it's the toughest tournament because like you just said like you listed off all these guys and what they you know they should have been could have been but they weren't because it's such a such a tough tournament yeah, you know I, I had a lot of luck going through it um, you know, a part of it too was just like I was so excited. <laughs> I was like a kid in a candy store. I like, didn't even know 
I was almost immature to the point where I almost like, I didn't know how hard it was or yeah. what, what I was going to go through. Like, I just was like, Oh, this is sweet. Like, I'm just going to go wrestle now. Like mm-hmm. and a lot of guys are like panicked about it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that that was any of their problem. Like a lot of those guys got hurt or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I could, I could have been in a car accident at any point in time before any of those tournaments had been hurt or, you know, just out completely. Yeah. Um, well, you yeah. said you, you did battle injuries though. Um, you know, your freshman year, you, you tore your shoulder, you said. So, I mean, yeah. and then I, I blew my knee out on 2016, 2017 season. Um, what would have been my junior year? Mm-hmm. I blew my knee out. Um, so ended that season really quickly and had to yeah. come back the next year after surgery. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to Freak think deal. back and what's that? Great deal. Yeah. Yeah. Is, was it like on a move that you've done you done before yeah. and it just didn't yeah. go your way that way Zavatsky rolled my leg through and I like tried coming over top of him mm-hmm. and he went to roll back into me and I panicked jumped and I straightened my leg so hard I actually tore it dang on my PCL yeah, yeah. so oh just your PCL <laughs> I, and I don't mean PCL, just LCL posterior lateral corner yeah um it's a slight meniscus tear I think yeah. uh, but yeah I, tore a whole bunch of stuff up yeah um so, yeah you said you won 105 matches like 100 wins is it that big a deal in college like it is in high school i mean i know in high school it's starting to be where like 100 wins isn't i feel like back in the day yeah but back, back in the day, in the day it was kind of cool yeah and it still is it's a really cool mile marker <laughs> um you see a lot of guys hit the 150 mile marker 200 yeah. and that i mean that's cool that's a lot of matches um, yeah but in college, I think it's it's a big deal. I don't think guys think of it as a big deal, though. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about the guys that are getting there. Um, I think I saw today, you know, DeSanto had 105 wins in college. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you he doesn't care <laughs> Yeah. about yeah. any of the 105. Like, he would rather have a national title and only five wins. Yeah. What? You know? how hard is it to realize that, you know, like you didn't achieve that goal of winning a national title and kind of move on? I don't, I don't know that you ever move on. I mean, you, you move on, right? Like mm-hmm. you, it's over, it's done with, I can't go back. Um, no matter how much I wish I could. Um, the guys that won my bracket was Gabe Dean, Gabe Dean, Machiavello, Bo Nickel. I mean, Gabe Dean and Bo Nickel Bo was in the finals of the Olympic team trials this past year, and Gabe lost to uh, Dave Galen, freaking Barnburner in the semis. Yeah. Um, you know, and two of the most, you know, respected guys in college wrestling at the time. Um, Machiavello yeah. uh, only placed once. Um, oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I sat next to him the whole time. We were going through weigh-ins every day talking to him and I was like, dude, you're going to place. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, dude, you're going to make the finals <laughs> finals. Day. I was like, dude, you're going to win it. Like, don't worry about it. Um, but just two of the most, you know, or three of the most like good hearted guys you could ever care to know. Um, yeah. just good dudes in the sport of wrestling. Um, so no, I got, I got no issues with any of those guys winning my bracket. Yeah. I would like to win it myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, if I have to lose it, or see anybody else win it. I got cool with those three. Yeah. Um, I see also, um, 
I know we touched on this earlier about your hair being shaved into a, a mohawk. It's dyed blonde now. Is it bleached? Did you bleach it? Yeah. Yeah, I bleached it. <laughs> the, uh, you weren't the only yeah. one, though. I thought didn't fully no. have it bleached, too. The whole team did. The whole, the whole starting 10 did it, yeah. And, and then they you. asked me, and then we got Chris to frost his tips a little bit. Um, they didn't make Justin do anything because he's already got red hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I did it. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And promised them I would in like yeah. January. And came time to do it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did do it. <laughs> no, it was, it was good. It was yeah. Good. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, no, I pull it off. It's yeah. Right. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a question come in um, that somebody wanted me to ask you. They wanted to know um, the wrestlers and coaches that were most influential and what lessons you learned from them during your career. That's a hard question. Um, there's been a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish you, I, I could have sat down today and really put some thought into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Christensen for sure. Justin, um, Cook, Morrow, Evans. Um, Hetherington, Cope, McCook, yeah. man, um, that, and that's just from Polk. And I know that, oh, Roland, um, you know, uh, the Ballard coaches, Britton, mm-hmm. Weatherman, Weatherman, you know, Tim and Jeff, and mm-hmm. uh, Michael Sam, uh, Mark Ryan, um, was really influential when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. He actually was coaching me when I broke my leg in seventh grade. Um, oh, really? Which is, yeah, we were really funny. We had, my dad had a video. My dad's standing up there yelling at me to get off my back. And Mark <laughs> is walking out on the mat, looking at him going, just cut it, cut it. <laughs> get down here. <laughs> in, in typical Mark fashion, you know, yeah. not being too like uh, blown up about it or too like excited. Um, those guys, uh, shoot, Keith Massey was helped mm. me a lot. Um, uh, you know, uh, Seabolt definitely pushed me to a place um, where in, in wrestling that I didn't think I could be as a little kid. Um, although I don't really agree with any of Scott's methods of getting me there, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Smith, Clemson, um, Joe Johnston, Sammy Henson, freaking dresser, Metcalf, St. John, Fernando was, has always been great to me. You know, Coach Carr, um, and, and obviously our staff here mm-hmm. has been just phenomenal. All of them, Tony Jones, Justin Oliver. Roger, Chris, um, they're all great. Um, you know, I was coached by Jeff Jordan. I was, I, Miron, um, I, I've been all over. Yeah. I've been exposed to great coaches all over. Um, and then, you know, you talk about like just ones that influenced me or ones that, you know, were great to me. Um, you know, look at my senior tournament. I, I, I don't think I had a, I didn't have a coach pull me aside and tell me they were sorry to hear about my dad or whatever. Um, so, you know, like the, the ones that have been influential is like, is all of them. 
they've all influenced me in some sort of way. Um, Christensen is, is, and always has been more like a second father than anything. So is Jessman. Like those guys watched over me, you know, like they asked, I asked them to have my dad step back, um, out of the room and, and they did, um, Chad Tunick's another one, but, uh, you know, they, they looked after me in different ways that I didn't know I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're always in my corner, still always in my corner, no matter what's going on in my life. Um, people that I call whenever I really need a good opinion, like somebody that I, I want to hear, like, cause I know they're going to shoot me straight. It's, uh, yeah. Christensen and Jasmine, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sean Contos was an amazing coach. I had, I'm still much more like a big brother than anything. Um, but I, Doug Schwab, like all, all the coaches that recruited me, even mm-hmm. the Iowa State staff, Trent Travis and KJ. KJ is freaking awesome. Oh, I got yeah, to catch yeah. up with him at Big Ten, he and his wife. Yeah. And they're his better half. And she's, <laughs> you know, she's, she is the better half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were, we were talking about me being in their home and just mm-hmm. you know, them recruiting me when I was a kid. Um, you know, the UNI staff is phenomenal, Pew and, Oh man, dude, like just all of them. Yeah. yeah. Robbins and um Roper and uh, Dougie, Papa Dougie, he's freaking a great dude. I love him. Um, you know, I, I've been blessed with a lot of great coaches. Yeah. Um, a lot of phenomenal teammates. Um yeah. you know, the sport is just overflowing with great people, people yeah. that you, you love to be around. Um, and and uh, every single one of them will make you a better person mm-hmm. or a better athlete if you let them. You know? Yeah. Bill and, and Brandon, every single time I see them, I get to give them a hug and tell them hi. And <laughs> I mean, how many people get to say that? You know, not not everybody. That's pretty yeah. cool to me. Yeah. I, my, my favorite thing about coaching is getting to be around these athletes and get to meet them. You know, mm-hmm. I get to be, I got to be a teammate to David Carr for a year. Yeah, Ramazan Adesayo for a year. I got to be around Kevin Gadsden for you know, I got to uh, Marcus Coleman, that whole squad, um, all the Missouri guys, all the all the Michigan State guys that I have now. Like, there's so many, um, but no, it, it's really just been like, and I know some people have like terrible coaches, um, but I've been blessed with a lot of like great coaches. Yeah, great coaches, um, and I, I think that goes back to my parents. Honestly, they put me mm-hmm. around really good people um, and made sure of it. Like we we grew up our family friends, they're just phenomenal. They're the best, you know. They all would look after me, and in any sort of way, they'd tell me if I was doing something wrong or something right. Mm-hmm. So I know my parents did a really good job of putting us around great people. So yeah. seems like. Basically, just listed everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah, in this sport. I mean, pretty that, much everybody's had their hands on me. It's yeah, that says awesome. something about the sport. I guess you know, in my eyes, like there's just good people littered everywhere. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, how did you end up at Michigan State? So I, um, so Roger put out an email um, about he was looking for a coach my size. And, um, you know, he said, you know, preferably some 
coaching experience, whatever. And Dresser forwarded it to me and he goes, what do you think? So I called him. I go, I mean, I have been wanting to get into coaching, you know, he goes, he's like, honestly, he's like, he's like, apply for it. He's like, see what happens. You know, he's like, this would be a great spot to start out. In. And, um, you know, Dresser knew Roger more than I did at that time, for sure. And, and Smith knew Roger more than I did at that time. Um, but, you know, I called Coach Smith and asked him, you know, after, because Coach Smith was a, an alum, he's an alumni of Michigan State. Um, mm -hmm. But he, he was like, no, Roger would be great for you to be around. Roger called Smith to ask him about me. So, um, you know, I, I went through all the phone calls and texts mm -hmm. with Raj and but I responded to his email and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Like, I, I would like to be, I would like to apply. Like, what do we do? You know, he goes, <laughs> just hold tight. Cause this is all during COVID. Um, yeah. And he's like, we're going to have to do all this over the phone. I wasn't allowed to like come out here right. and um, visit and stuff. So um, we did Zooms, um, Zoom interviews. I did interviews with everybody. Um, uh, and I, I went through the phone interview first and I was like, Raj, what, what could I do better? You know, what do I need to do differently for the zoom interview? Cause he had told me I was one of the, uh, one of the final guys he was kind of looking at before that. He was like, mm -hmm. I think you're going to like, we're going to play into the final three. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. sweet. <laughs> I have no idea what that means or how important that is. Like, I've never <laughs> been through this process. All I was like, yeah. to tell you was, all right, I'm in the final three. That's sweet. Um, you know, I just knew I wanted to win. What a, the version of that right. was getting the job. Um, he goes, well, he's like, show up, shirt and tie, and have uh, have questions ready. And and I'm the wrong person to tell something like that to. <laughs> like, my dad was like, dude, stop asking me questions. Like, stop it. Um, and you know, I just from a young age was always full of questions, full of, well, why does this? Why that? Like, and so I called, like I called um, Smith and Dresser, all my previous strength coaches, all my trainers, um, uh, sports administrators I knew, um, sports faculty, academic staff. Um, you know, I called when I found out who exactly I was going to be interviewing with. I called all the people I knew that had been in that position that worked with me. And I was like, what questions should I ask? Um, and I sent Roger my list and I had like 90 questions <laughs> for, and I, I went through, like I said, with Contos, um, Contos sat with me on the phone for like an hour and a half mm -hmm. and we went through and we like organized all my questions for every person. And then we highlight bold or we bold and underline the most important ones and put them at the top and they got progressively less important <laughs> in, in my eyes and what I wanted yeah. to know all the way down. And I, I, I must have had like 40 questions for Roger yeah. and Chris. Like, <laughs> and I just badgered them, mm -hmm. pastured them a question, just one after another, after another, after another. And they both just kind of answered them as much as they could. But <laughs> it was a four hour time slot, right? And I, I think yeah. that pushed like into the four and a half hour mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, uh, uh, it was good. But that that's kind of what that was like. Um, you know, Roger had me jump on again the next week with HR and, and stuff. And that was much less formal. Um, mm -hmm. But I jumped on and I was actually late into the meeting. Cause when I went to turn on my computer, it had to update. And oh, I, I didn't know. 
Yeah. I turned it on and it was stuck updating for like 35 minutes. And so it was just really frustrating, but, um, yeah, just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I, I was like laid into that meeting. Um, but I was, yeah, I jumped in and uh, they offered me the job and I accepted it. Nice. It was cool, but it was, it was like a two month process. Yeah. What would have normally wow. been like two weeks was two yeah. months because, Dang. you know, they had to wait, hold the job open, make sure, you know, Roger would have opened it and closed it over, I don't know, a few days right. and, and then gone forward from there. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And but you knew you always you knew you always wanted to get into coaching. Yeah, since I was like fifteen, I knew yeah. I was like, I want to coach. Someday I want to coach. And I I was like, oh dude, it'd be sweet to coach like my old high school, you know, like and then like, I always wanted to coach division one. I. I wanted to coach in college, but I was always kind of like, you know, that's gotta be really hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's difficult. Yeah. Um but no, I was like, if I ever got an opportunity to do that, that would be like my dream job. So here I am yeah. doing that. So yeah, literally, cool. literally living the dream. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, I can let you go here. Um, I just appreciate you sitting down, taking some time to chat, you know, chat with me and good luck on, you know, next year and into the off season. Um, probably got some big things planned yeah. yep i know we're uh we had a, a sour taste in our mouth leaving detroit so yeah we've got some uh some unfinished business to tend to yeah and you're gonna be on the recruiting trail so mm-hmm. yeah. that's gotta be fun i guess if i have one last question what what's that like going on recruiting uh it's honestly like i really enjoy it yep um it's different though it's different like um like I said, me with the questions, like, so when Smith sat down with my family, like you, you ever get a chance to talk to Brian Smith, ask him about this home visit, like, or any of like, cause we had Iowa, Iowa state, UNI, Nebraska, and uh, Mizzou mm-hmm. were the coaching staffs that came, but my dad had, and we're talking like 10 pages felt like college, like notebooks, like here, I got a big notebook right here. Uh, these exact notebooks that yeah. he had 10 pages of just question, 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 question. And he just would pepper them and he'd written yeah. them down five different times for each staff that came <laughs> through and he would just compare all the answers. Like he typed them all up and then compare them. all. Holy up. cow. Yeah. No, my dad was like type a going to ask every single mm-hmm. question he could think of. And he was like, you know, he's like, have you even come up with any questions for the coaches? And I was like, <laughs> Was I supposed to like that? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but no, like, yeah. So we had, I mean, those visits took forever just because we were doing so many questions. I mean, I'll bet you he had like 60 questions, 70 questions for every freaking coach that came through. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, now that I think about it, it was just like, <laughs> like I showed up with 90, right? Or whatever. Like, yeah. But this dude had it just for a freaking in home visit. Um, <laughs> just question after question after question. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So no, I, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but the, the recruiting trail is different because you'll get some people like that. You'll get some people that just kind of listen to what you have to say and, um, don't ask any questions at all. Some people mm-hmm. that, you know, they really want to know about academics. Some guys that like myself, you know, when people would ask me, Hey, what are you studying? Wrestling. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told people for the longest time. Um, you know, some kids that are just interested in hearing about wrestling, hearing about whatever. Um, some people have very in-depth, you know, concerns, you know, well, what would you do if this happens or what about this? Or, mm-hmm. um, so, no, it's just different. It's fun. I enjoy it. You get to meet, again, a lot of really good people. Yeah. Really good wrestling families and whatever um but um you know it's 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 just a different experience where you you go out and you sell yourself a little mm-hmm. bit and you sell your program and what you believe in and um so try to make sure your your message hits home a little bit yeah you know my wife is a sales rep and we were talking with her boss yesterday and they were saying basically when customers, they go and sell the products, customers, they don't buy the product right away. They want to, you know, buy the person. Do they trust the person? Then do they trust the company? Then do they trust the product? So it seems like, you know, you guys kind of have the same system, you know, do they trust you, Willie? Do they trust your program? You know, before they really just go, yeah, sure. I'm in. Well, I mean, it's huge. Like I was this close to going to Northern Iowa and, you know, if I had, it could have been better. It could have been worse. It could have yeah. been, you know, like about the same, like, um, but I would have had entirely different friends, entirely different life experience. I probably never transferred to Iowa state. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of things would have been different about my life. Um, maybe I was at 97 the whole time, you know, maybe I was at 84, uh, just whatever it could have been. There's just mm-hmm. so many, it, it changes the entire trajectory of your life. Yeah. Um, and people, you're asking them to trust you with their 18 year old kid, you know, mm-hmm. parents look at that as their, their baby, their investment there. You know, like we had a, a, a six year senior or a fifth year senior, Brad Wilton. Um, and he and his dad, they had a, a big 10 story about them. Um, but just how close he and his dad are. Um, they just spent all the time to, in the world together. Um, mm-hmm. that, and that's like his dad's best friend, but he, he trusts you with his son. He trusts you, you know, like they trust you with their kid. Um, you know, and then we've had kids where their sister's a manager or whatever. And like, they trust you to be around their daughter too. Like mm-hmm. They just trust you around their kids and, and they become like family. They, they become close to you and they call you if things are good or things are bad or, you know, a- anything in between. They, you're asking them to trust you with a lot. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for sitting down and taking some time to talk with me. And this was awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. I won't ever slack up. Punky better back up. Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up. Get up, stand up. Come on, throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, jump up across the ceiling. Monks, let's up on all right thanks again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast i want to give a special thanks to my guest willie nicholas for taking some time to sit down and chat with me uh, please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to the podcast 
You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.